of faith? This is my Bible. This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. It is the word of truth. I am. I am. What it says I am. What it says I am. I can do. I can do. What it says I can. What it says I can. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Not a doubter. Not a doubter. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Not just a hearer. Not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. And I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. I know that. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by and hearing by the word of God the word of God amen amen good job amen amen come on let's give my hand clap of praise amen amen great job amen amen all right then we, we won't prolong the time go ahead and if you got your Bibles if you need a Bible uh, please raise your hand if you got it on an app on your phone or if you're at home and you got, got access to a Bible on your computer or your own personal Bible Go to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, and I'll read until you're here in verse 50 and 51. 1 Samuel, chapter 17, and I'll read until you're here in verse 50 and 51. The Bible says this, so David prevailed, and some of your Bible says triumphed. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in, his, in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath, and killed him, cut off his head with it. And when the Philistine saw that their champion, somebody say their champion, their champion was dead, they fled. You know, somebody say, if you're going to be a champion, you've got to beat her. You, you can't be the best beating scrubs. Every now and then, you're going to have to beat somebody that is a champion. Somebody that is somebody. Amen? It's easy to win over nobody, but every now and then you're going to have to win over a Y'all may be seated. <laughs> Today we're going to start a little short series that is entitled Rising to the Occasion. Now if you say to someone uh, that someone has rose to the occasion, you normally mean several things. One, it means that they did what was necessary to successfully overcome a difficult situation. Two, it means to make a special effort that is required to successfully deal with a difficult situation. Three, and I like this definition, it says, when you're using that word rise, that phrase rise to the occasion, you're saying that someone stepped up or stepped forward to do what was needed at that time. That's what David did. We're going to get there later, not today. He wasn't even supposed to be there. But because nobody else would step up, he stepped up and did what somebody else should have been doing. The fourth one said it is to meet the challenge of an event. In other words, to try extra hard to do a task. And the fifth one is to offer services at a suitable or opportune time. That is, to make oneself available to do something. And you know, as we go through our ministry uh, reset, I consider it as an opportune time for some people to step up so that we can meet the challenges that lay before us. In other words, there may be some of you that got gifts and talents that God has blessed you with that it's time for you to step up 
and do what is necessary in the season, in the time that we're living in. You know, uh, I was looking at some of the things we're trying to do. We need somebody to step up in the toddler room. We want to bring our little babies back, but we only got about three people that we can use right now. And we want to get it to the point where we only have one person there once a month. So we need at least four people. Somebody need to step up. You know, we talk about music here, and that may be some of you who can play a keyboard. You may not even be the best yet. But if you don't step up, we don't even know that you can do that. If you're online and you hear me and, and you got a, a gift, I encourage you to rise to the our dance ministry. It's looking for somebody to step up. Some of us used to be real good dancers. Some of us can still dance. And all I'm trying to do, Kim Wanda said, just step up. Rise to the occasion. And most importantly, I want you to, you know, see situations, whether it's in your families, on your job, in your social circles, times where you could be that person that rise to the occasion and make a difference. Why live your whole life and, no, then no, and not make an impact in the lives of somebody else while you're living? Why go to heaven with nothing on your resume but the fact that you got saved? Rise to the occasion. In the book of Numbers, my first turn, Numbers chapter 27, verse 1 through 8. Israel had not crossed over into the promised land. But by faith, Moses was already preparing them to take claim of the land that they had been promised. In other words, he was divvying out the land to those who were going to possess certain parts of it. Then we see these daughters of Zeholophat. They rose to the occasion and they challenged an unjust inheritance law. See, Israel was a strongly male-dominated society, kind of like the world is today. Men still think they ruled everything, so women have to fight for rights still. And so because there was a male-dominated society, when a man died, he left his property to his sons. And if he did not have any sons, then his estate went to his brother's children or to his brothers or any male relatives. But Major, that just don't seem right. That Major got five daughters. He did what he was supposed to do. He died. And then now your brother come in and take over everything you got, your property and your girls ain't got nothing. See, I understand that because I got daughters. And, and, and so that's why it was so important during that time, they just assumed that everybody was going to have at least one male heir, a child. They didn't know Bolden was going to come along. And some, of the, some others that got all girls, faith. And I'm glad these girls stood up because now my daughters can show that my daddy's 
brother can't come in and take claim over things that something happened to? Y'all better hear me today. And because they rose up and they faced a challenge, when you do that, you're going to meet some opposition. And because they did that, God had to settle this case. Amen. Are y'all with me? Number 10. Ladies, I, I, you know, I was thinking about y'all when I wrote this. So y'all, y'all better be with me today because I went out of my way to make sure that I, I, I spent a good amount of time talking to the ladies today because y'all are in a position where y'all can make a difference. Y'all are in a position where y'all can step up. Y'all are in a position where y'all can make some things. So now get this. In Numbers 27, it says, One day a petition was presented by the daughters of Zeholophed, Melchor, Noah, Hogla, Milchor, Tizra. Their father, Zeholophed, was the descendant of Hefner, the son of Gilead, son of Micaiah, son of Manasseh, son of... That's important. Now... How are you going to cut them out, Major? And if it had not been for their great, 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 great granddaddy, y'all wouldn't even be here. Because, you know, he was the one that saved the nation during the famine. And now his descendants, all because of the fact that their father had no sons, get cut out of the land proposition. That just don't seem right. And when you look at that, let me just kind of stir this up just a little bit more. Joseph had two sons. One name was Ephraim, and this one was Manasseh. And them two boys was born to an Egypt. So it's a good possibility, a good possibility that these sisters were standing up for their Y'all ain't got to be scared. They're rights. Amen. Look at this. Get this. These women stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the tribal leaders, the community, and the community, the entire community, at the entrance of the tabernacle. Now, one thing about that picture is I guarantee you all of them was men. I guarantee you that all of them was probably Men. So now they got to go and plead their case to a bunch of men that is caught up in a tradition where women have very little, almost to the point that it was almost like property. They stood before them in the tabernacle because at that time there was not very much civil law. So the people that normally did religious law also handled civil. Now we have a separation of church and that may be the problem with the world today. The, the church can't get involved in the right way in something that the state is, is doing. Now look at them, what they say. This is their case. Our father died in the wilderness, they said. He was, among, he was not among the followers of Korah who rebelled against the Lord. I'm not, I don't know if any of y'all remember that story. That, that, this group that rose up, challenged Moses in the wilderness. And you know, the earth swallowed them all up. Them and their families. And she's saying, look, our daddy wasn't part of that bunch. He died because of his own sin. 
But he had no son. In other words, Fabian believed that he died because he was part of those that did not believe the report when the spies came back and said, hey, we're well able to take the land. But he was in that bunch that said, well, we know it may not be the right time. And because of that, he died in his sin because they had to stay out in that wilderness another 40 years, and a lot of those in that generation died. But he had no sons. Now look at this. Why, this is a good case, should the name of our fathers disappear from his clan just because he had no sons? Give us the property along with the rest of our relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. Now, he could have turned to the elders and the leaders and said, let's settle this. But Moses had sense enough to say, wait, this may be too big because, you know, the crowd out there, I know how they're going to vote already. They caught up in the tradition that we've been honoring all these years. So we, we, if these girls are going to get a fair trial, we're going to have to elevate this. And sometimes people are never going to get a fair trial in a situation until we start praying to God to look on the hearts of the people who judge and rule in their cases. So, so y'all better hear me today. He said, now, now Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord replied, the claim of the daughters of Zeholophat is legitimate. They got a right to be standing before you. They got a, a cause. In other words, they can rise to this occasion because if they don't, their whole family line is going to disappear when y'all go over into the promises. And property was the way that you can determine heirs. And that you, you know, I'm learning this with my daddy thing. It ain't your money. The man told me every, all the money that your daddy got in his account, if your name is on the account, it's yours and nobody can come against it. It's his property that we got to lit litigate and see who other names can be tied to his. My niece couldn't come against his bank account because her name was not but she can come against his because her mama name was so what I'm trying to tell you you ought to have some property that you can leave your if you ain't got nothing but a double wide on it it ought to be yours Brother Rob, I know you got acres over there. You got, you got plenty. You can probably give us some of your property. You got so much property. But, but what I'm trying to say is that we need to start investing in some things that we can pass on. Cars is raggedy at some time in time. They're going to just tear up. But land is going to always have some. Now Moses took the case to the Lord. And the Lord replied to Moses, not the council, not everybody else. He replied to Moses was the leader. He didn't need to go and talk to the other 70 guys when he got a leader. 
So the law replied to him. Then Moses went back and told them what the Lord. This is what it said. The claim of the daughters of Jehoshaphat, the daughters of Jehoshaphat is legitimate. You must grant them, you must give them a grant of land along with their father's relatives. Assign them the property that would have been given to their father. Their daddy is dead and gone, but he is now still being able to bless his children in his absence. All because his name was on something. All because his name was a part of something. What is your children going to have, man? When you dead and gone. Think about that. Your retirement check going to stop the minute they find out you're dead. Social Security is going to be gone before, before you can leave the funeral home. Social Security is cut. They find out, they get the news at the hospital. I believe the minute somebody died in the hospital, Social Security get the news. Because before I can get out good, they already knew my dad was gone. And we're going to check the record to make sure that we didn't overpay him. <laughs> so you leave everything in the account just in case we got to come back and take. But they didn't ask me nothing about his land. I think we place our value on the wrong, on the wrong things. And so, as a result of that, these girls won their case, and the following instruction was given to the people of Israel. It said, "If a man dies and have no son, then give his inheritance to his daughters." All because they rose to the occasion and stood up and made an issue to come against something that was unjust. We're living in a time now where there are a lot of unjust laws are sitting right out down the books. Unjust thing going on right there on your job, on the base, other places. It's time for some of y'all to rise up and say something about these unjust things that's going on right in front of you. And ladies, some of y'all sitting in the seats, you know, Tanya, you, 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 you just ain't an average person out there. You sit in the seat of authority. No, Robin, you sit in the, you've been in the credit union long enough now, you know, you got influence over the board. You just saying, you just don't do it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you can go in there and plead some cases, and someone can get a better deal all because. I'm talking about rising to the occasion. I'm talking about stepping up when there's a need or something needs to be done and you're willing to go that extra mile to step up and make a difference in the lives of somebody's situation. Amen. Go to the book of Joshua real quick. We're going to spend the rest of our time here. Joshua chapter 2. Rahab the harlot rose to the occasion when she protected the two spies that Joshua had sent to, you know, do a recon mission on Jericho. And we're going to see that by faith, and we're going to spend some time, I'm going to skip about, Rahab did what was necessary for the spies to be successful in their difficult situation. Rahab risked her own life 
to help Joshua and Israel because she believed they served the true and living God. She had heard the report, what God had done for them, and because of that, she believed it. And so now when, you know, this ain't nothing new that we do today, just like Joshua, you know, sent out some spies to check out the land, every nation that is a nation, that is somebody, got spies. Today, spies. There are people here in America that are, we got folk in other countries that are, and the thing is that when they start looking, become spies, Tanya, they can almost look just like they from that country. They can blend in so, sometimes we recruit people from those countries to be spies So these spies was on a mission that Joshua had sent them on because Jericho was going to be that first battle. I'm not going to talk much about how the walls fell because we did that a couple months ago. Back in January, we talked about that. We talked about praise. But I just want to talk about Rahab's piece in this whole thing and then kind of wrap it up with her. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, Then Joshua secretly, somebody say secretly. You can't be no spy in the open. If you're in the open, Robin, you ain't no. Anybody that's spying on you, they ain't going to just walk in front of you and tell you I'm spying. You know, y'all got them devices in y'all house nowadays. Y'all talking to, what's that lady name y'all talk to now? That tell her to start the music and. Lexa, yeah, Lexa. Lexa's spying. Y'all talking to Lex, he started the music all right, but Lex is, Lex is. Behind that little voice, Lex is maybe just collecting some data. Nah, I ain't no conspiracy theory, I don't know. But uh, technology is technology. You know, if they can make a ballpoint pen a camera, surely they can, surely. They can put something in the... So Joshua sent spies secretly to spy the land, and they went to the camp of Acadia. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute. I say prostitute. We all know what that means to us in this day and time. It could have mean that, you know, she would just have a house of entertainment. But, it's, you know, but if it was a house of entertainment during that time, this was a heathen country. You know, it wasn't like she was saved and knew Jesus. And, you know, prostitution is one of the oldest. They say it's a profession. She could have been just an innkeeper. You know, ran in a nice little hotel, a bed and breakfast. So if you want to give it a benefit of doubt, we'll give it a benefit of doubt. Say she was just an innkeeper. She had a little bed and breakfast, and the boy just stopped by on their way to do some spying. But they probably <laughs> knew where the strangers come when they come to 
So the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there that night. But someone, somebody say someone. someone. See, there's always going to be someone. Don't go tell somebody. <laughs> no matter what you're trying to do, when you do it, there's someone out there that's going to tell somebody. That's why you got to be careful, even when you're spying. Because someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. Did what? Sent orders. The king sent. Now you know you got to be a bold sister, Robin. Bold. When you defy the king's order. It'd been all right if it had just been a prince, but the, that was unheard of to defy the orders of a king. Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Now look at this, verse 4. Rahab had hidden the men, but she replied, Yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. Well, that may have been a part true, part true, you know, but we're going to get a little deeper here. Then she says, they left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. Because, you know, visitors could come in and out of the city during the day, but at a certain time you didn't live there, you had to leave by the time the gates I don't know where they went. But if you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. <laughs> it was hard in my Holy Ghost sanctified mind to wrap my mind around how this played out like that because in all practical senses, she committed a sin to do something good. Because the Bible didn't change because she did what she did. And lying is still a... But Rahab lied. And Major, I have to believe that, you know, she just got saved. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. She just got news who the true and living God was, and she still had some of her old ways. You know, some of y'all have been saved for 20 years and still... Still lie. So don't be too hard on Rahab. Don't look down on her when it's a good possibility that someone, I'm not in here because y'all are here on a rainy day, so I'm going to give y'all the benefit of the doubt, but there's a good possibility that somebody online lied <laughs> last week. It's a good possibility. So, so if you're online and you know you lied, don't be too hard on Rahab right here. Yeah, she's just a heathen and she just lied. But she lied for a cause. Now get this, I believe because y'all love pastor, if someone came here at that door and say, we come to kill your pastor, and y'all know I'm back here hiding in the safe room, but your life is not being threatened, 
These boys didn't have a no-knock warrant. They knocked like they had some sense. And you know that because you were a citizen and a business owner, they ain't going to just rough you up like they do here in America, Major. They're they, they going to listen to you. Major, I believe you will say, man, I don't know what pastor is. Major, I don't believe, I don't believe you'll say, well, you know, in the name of Jesus, I can't tell a lie. He, 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 he back there in that safe room. Y'all going to get him and kill him. Y'all, I, Major, I just, I believe that for that moment, I just believe, at least, Major, I hope <laughs> that you won't get too spiritual on me right there and say, God. <laughs> I hope you'll say, Lord, I'm going to confess my sins because you're faithful and just to forgive me. But I did have to lie to save my pastors. Because verse 6 said, actually, she had taken them on the roof and hidden them beneath the bundles of flax that she had laid out. So she didn't actually tell the truth. But she actually misled them, which saved these spies' lives. Amen. Now, we know the story. The spies were not found. And then when the guards left, Rahab came and had this conversation with them. And in this, we're going to see her faith come to the forefront. But we're going to also see the ladies. Rahab could negotiate. She was a negotiator. So from this, you know, all y'all got husbands. Most of y'all, if you got a husband, you need to be a ne- Negotiator. I mean, you need to know how to negotiate with him. You ain't just in the house to be there. You ain't there so you can ne- negotiate. He's still the head of the house, but there's nothing wrong with you. Ne- if you want a better deal, you better. Brother, I thought Father, I thought Mother's Day was a couple of weeks ago. Wait, wait, what you talking about? No, I'm just telling you is that the lady has some negotiating skills in addition to her faith. Now look at this, what she says in verse 9. She says, I know the Lord has given this land to you, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. Why are they living in terror? They're living in terror based on something they had heard. Not that they've necessarily seen. She was believing based on something she had heard. That's why the Bible says faith comes how? By hearing. And hearing by? Look what she says in verse 10. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea. And that had to be some about 40 years earlier, but the word was still out there when you left Egypt. And we know how and what you did to Zion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. And we done heard about y'all. Y'all some bad folk. And so because of that, what we've heard is put fear in our heart. 
And because I believe in your God, I'm going to do what is necessary to help y'all get what I already know going to happen. So that when y'all come back, I'm going to be okay. Well, how do, how, how, how do I know that? Well, she said, you know, that they were going to be completely destroyed. If I don't do something beforehand, I'm going to be a part of that complete destruction. Look at verse 11. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God, coming out the mouth of a heathen, is the supreme God of heaven above and earth be. I believe that, I believe that statement right there, acknowledging God, was God was looked down and said, look at this girl that came over to my side. I'm going to show her some mercy for that lie. Y'all better be glad he's showing y'all some mercy too for the lie. So don't look here like that. Look your nose down right, right there. I'm going to show her some. And we ought to be glad that God's mercy is still there today for everybody who will accept it. His grace is always extended to all people regardless of where they come from and who they are. And we got to be willing to extend that same grace and mercy to others that we have received. She acknowledged that their God was the supreme God of both heaven above and earth below. Now look here. Now she negotiated with the boy. She said, look here. Now I know since y'all religious folk, I ought to be able to invoke your Lord into this equation and y'all ought to do right by, by, to me by him. You understand what I'm saying, Major? Now look at what she said. She said, now look. In verse 12, now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and, and, and because she rose to the occasion, Major, other folk in her family are going to get blessed. See, what you don't understand is sometimes when you rise to the occasion, the occasion may be big enough for others to be blessed because of... See, sometimes when you accept the challenge to do something, don't look at it for your own benefit. Look at it how it may benefit somebody. And the reason that we so often don't do things because we only look at it from our narrow perspective instead of saying, what is this going to do to be a blessing to somebody So she said, now look, she wanted to swear that you'd be kind to me and my family since I helped you. And on top of that, give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with, and so you ain't got no misunderstanding who I'm talking about. My father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and anybody else that call themselves part of my family. Good God Almighty. Can you imagine you getting saved and getting your whole... You acknowledge who God is and your whole family gets saved because of... Because of you. 
And so because these were honorable men, verse 14 says, we offer our lives as a guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. Said, now look, if you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us this land. She negotiated a deal, and so now she got that word. All she got to do is make sure she keep her mouth. Ladies, I figured I'll stop right there and put a comma. Pause right there just for a moment. It has been rumored that in most places, women out-talk men. In the Bible, you know, most of the time, they don't talk about men being busybodies and stuff like that. Most, most of them, there may be a couple of men that gossip, but most of the time, women do most of the talking. But don't hit me if I, I, I know I sound chauvinist right here, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be gentle as I go around this. You know, but ladies, sometimes you just need to keep your mouth. Don't tell what you know. The boys say, look here, we're willing to do what you ask us to do, but all you got to do is don't tell nobody. If you do that, then we will honor our promise. But if you don't do that, then we're not obligated to keep our promise. <laughs> so Jesse comes to the defense of the lady and say, there is a lady that kept her mouth shut. But now, God is positioning Rahab to be used in a mighty way. And at the same time, she had to rise to the occasion. But it also, before the men left, they gave her some vital instruction that was critical to saving her family's life. Now, we got an agreement that if you don't tell our secret, we'll spare you when we come back. But it's just a couple of us, and we come back, we come with a whole army that don't know you. And they're going to have instructions to wipe out this city. And they ain't going to be running around trying to figure out who we done cut a deal with. So I'm going to give you some instructions that if you follow these instructions, when they come through, I ain't going to have to tell my boy for one thing. Just look for this. Whatever you see under that, don't you touch it. And look at this. I know this story should be familiar with a lot of y'all because we done been here before. Look here, it says, before they left, I'm in verse 17 of chapter 2. Before they left, the men told her, we will be bound by the oath we have taken. Only, somebody say only. Only if you follow these instructions. Number one, when we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window which you let us down. Now, most of y'all know what, Beth, you're probably in some scarlet right there. A shade, a form of Scarlet. Scarlet is red. And so those of you who are Bible scholars ought to be making the connection that this scarlet rope may have something to do with the blood over the doorposts that spared the Egyptians when the death angel came 
and also the blood of Jesus that saved. So the Bible didn't just pick a color. You know, there were purple ropes. There were probably some black ropes and some white ropes. But the point said, I want you to use this. If you put any other color out there, the deal is over. You can't go, well, that ain't my favorite color. <laughs> I ain't asking you what your favorite color is. I'm telling you what you need to do to save your, your family. Your favorite color ain't got nothing to... I'm telling you the color that you put out there is this what I'm going to tell the men when they come so that they do not kill your Say so you got to hang it from the window that you let us down. And look at this. And all your family members, father, mother, brother, and all relatives must be inside. They can't be like the foolish virgin out looking for something when the war finna kick off. They need to be in the if they want to live they may have to break COVID protocol because depending on how many you got and how big your house they may have to be in close quarters for a little while. They may have to go through a little bit of discomfort for a little while. They may have to be next to Cousin Bobo who ain't spoke to him in two weeks. I don't believe I want to be caught dead in the house with Cousin Bobo. Well, look at here. All you got to do is stand out there and you'll wish. So you got a choice. You either come in here and stand next to Cousin Bobo or you go out there in the street and your life is in your own hand. So I can imagine she may have to negotiate with some of her relatives because it's hard to get relatives on the same sheet of music in the same. It would have been nice if said, Brother JP, they could be in the backyard. I can deal with them in the backyard. But they said they must be in the when the children of Israel were delivered, they had to be in the house when the death angel. So therefore, we need to understand there's a lot of symbolism here that is critical and it connects to our own salvation today. Everybody needs to be in the house of God. Not necessarily building. Don't get caught up with the building. But man, you need to be in the family of God. And we need to make sure that all our relatives know that it's important for them to be in God's because there's going to be a, a day of accountability and reckoning when the Lord is coming back and everybody's going to have to give an account. And we need to make sure that when that day comes that we've done right by our relatives. Those of us who know the truth, those of us who like Rahab, who know who the true and living God is, we owe it to our relatives to get them in the, get them inside the house, the family, the body, whatever we want to call the kingdom of God today. Look, these two brothers didn't make no, they, they made it very clear. If they go 
out into the street and are killed, it will not be our fault. But if anyone lay hands on the people inside the house, we will accept the responsibility for their death. So it's made it clear. Follow the instruction and your family going to live. You got our word. Put the scarlet rope outside the window. Everything's going to be all right. Y'all can be in here singing kumbaya and having a prayer meeting when the walls are falling, but you're going to be... Man, don't you want to know that you're going to be all right? When the world is being destroyed, you're going to be... When all hell is breaking loose, you're going to be... I mean, some of y'all act like y'all don't know you're going to be all right. So I'm telling you, no matter what the devil throws, no matter what comes at you, if you're under the ark of protection, you're going to be all. And when you know you're going to be all right, your attitude ought to be different than when you're standing out in the street not knowing. It's time for us to go out there and find somebody that's out in the street that don't know and tell them we're trying to help them to that so they can get to a place where they're going to be Start with your family. I told you this before. Send them a text when we leave here. Tweet them, whatever you do, however you communicate with them. Just a little short. So say, hey, I'm just trying to get you in there. I have a responsibility. I have been challenged. I have been told that I need to rise to the occasion just to let you know you need to get in there. I don't want your death on my And if God is speaking to your heart now and he's showing your people and your family, man, friends, you, got, you need to do something with that. Put the ball in there. Cool. Then he first said in verse 20, and I'm almost done, if you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. Then she has sense enough, ladies, she knows she done got a good deal. You know, sometimes you know go and negotiate buying a car, at some point in time, the spirit come on you and say, you got a good deal. Don't, you ain't got to say nothing else to blow this thing. Just go ahead right now. You done, got, you done got down to the fat meat. You know, you done cut through some stuff. You done got through all that. You done got to the lean right now. He done went back to the owner, you know, three or four times to see the, the general manager and came back with this little note, this little note, this little note. You got to know, that's the last note. Don't walk away from nothing. That was the... And see what I'm trying to tell you, when it comes to negotiating, you got to know when you don't got to. Can I make it personal? Since we're talking about ladies. Ladies, sometimes you're dealing with that stubborn husband. You just got to know when you got a good. Once you get a good deal, you need to make sure that you agree with the deal that we've been talking about. Don't, don't try to add nothing else. Don't try to take, no, no, just. I got a good deal. Brother Purdue, Sister Purdue, he's nodding like this, okay? You got a good deal. You got a good deal. He ain't smiling like he normally smiles, but you see a little bit of a smile. You got a, you got a good deal. So the Bible says she accepted their terms 
And then it says, and she went and, and she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. I ain't taking no chance. I'm on. I ain't going to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> uh, they didn't tell me when they were coming back, so I ain't waiting till tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to do it right. See, that's what too many people are waiting to tomorrow. And you don't know tomorrow is not promised to you. Tomorrow is not promised to your family members. So don't wait till tomorrow. You better put the scarlet rope out. Put it out now. Now look at this. The spies left, went back and reported to Joshua their findings. And they told him that they had made a promise. You all know the story, what happened when Joshua and them came in, marched around the walls, you know, six, seven times, shouted, walls fell down. In January, we talked about that extensively, so you can go back and look at the January sermon where we start off the year, you know, the year of great uh, triumph. And so you can see that story, but I won't talk about that. But I do want to pick up on something in chapter 6. I'm going to fast forward to chapter 6, because chapter 6 records the, the whole miraculous uh, fall and destruction of Jericho. But there's one point in here that I want to bring out, starting in verse 22, that connects back to Rahab. Verse 22 says in chapter 6, Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, Keep your promise. Man, that's a mouthful right there. You know, your word got to be worth something. And if you promise, whether you're man, wife, or anybody, man, if you promise that you're going to do something, do it. Keep your promise. People shouldn't have to write everything down and got to go back and find a, a documentation of all your texts that you don't send to, to prove that you said you said you were going to do it. You know you said you were going to do it. So just keep You know, brothers, I, I think sometimes we're the biggest breakers of promises. And so sometimes we just need to keep the promise. Maurice, sometimes you just need to keep the promise. Whatever it is you promise. It may not be the shaver, but if you don't promise your kids something, just keep the promise. If you're not going to do it, don't say it. But if you say it, then do it. So Joshua told his father, hey, keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with her family. The men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, that is, all lined up, mother, brother, and all her other relatives who were with her. They moved her, from, her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Everybody needs to know where a safe place is. <laughs> you know, even in the spy game, they have safe houses. And you know, I look at the Bourne series, that Bourne thing, Jason Bourne and all that. And every now and then, when he in these strange countries, he be looking for a safe house. There got to be a place that I can go. Even though I'm in enemy territory, there's got to be a place I can go that I can be safe. 
And look here, get this. Your house ought to be a... When your children come home, they ought to be coming to a... When your wife or your husband get home from work, they ought to be coming into us. We got Jesus banners all over the house, but the house ain't. God is letting us know today that look here, if you call yourself a child of God, your house ought to be a safe. Your office ought to be a safe office. The people around you ought to be able to feel. So they took her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. Look at this. Then the Israelites burned down, burned the town and everything in it. The only thing made of silver, gold, bronze, and iron were kept for the treasure of the house of the Lord. So they totally destroyed it, just like they said. But look at this. So in verse 25, so Joshua spared Rahab in the Bible, keep putting that claim, you know, that qualifier on there. They could have, we got it the first time, God. But he keep making it known where she came from. But where she come from ain't got nothing to do with what she. Spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house. Because she had hidden the spies, Joshua was sent to Jericho. Now look at this. I had to go here because this last line caught with me. And she lived amongst the Israelites to this day. Good God Almighty. I met them as a prostitute. But somehow I end up a princess in the tribe, the princess in the tribe of I got saved and my life got better. And I believe one of them boys or somebody in the tribe of Judah saw more than just a prostitute. That may have been what she was before she met the God of God and the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. That may have been what she was, but now she's worthy to be my own. I'm going to take her from what she used to have to do, tell her, look here, baby, you ain't got to do that. You, you ain't got to do that no more. Because of what you did. You rose to the occasion. Now God is going to show you that he can bless you for stepping out in faith. Well, how do I know that? Well, I had to go to the New Testament. And I'm just going to make a quick stop here. Matthew chapter 1. I didn't even tell Mark to put this thing. But when they were talking about Jesus' lineage, you know, in the lineage, in the Jewish culture, you normally don't even put women's name in the lineage. Normally when you look at an Old Testament, none but men. But so, for some reason, the Holy Spirit decided to make sure that this woman's name didn't get left out. In, in Matthew chapter 1, it says Solomon was the father of, all y'all ladies done heard about Boaz. I mean, that's the one of the most famous guys in the Bible right there. Boaz, everybody looking for their Boaz. Well, how he get here? Solomon, the father of Boaz, 
whose mother was your boys came from a Y'all ain't got to be too serious right there. I'm laughing. Y'all see me laughing because, you know, this is, you know, this is just showing me how God's mercy and his grace can extend to beyond what you were. Turn you into something that you can be that is much better than where you started out. Now, she started out there, but now she done got in the lineage of Jesus. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. These are all women that were not Jews. And Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of King. What? Man, you mean tell me if I don't get in the family, then David may not. Ooh. Whose mother? They was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba. Not a Jew. So that let me know that God is not a respect of. If your heart is right toward Him and you rise to the occasion, God will look out for you. And he don't care about your previous condition of life, servitude, whatever you did before Jesus. All you got to do is rise to the occasion, put your faith and your trust in him, and look here, God can make your resume read entirely different than what it read before the story started being written. Good God Almighty. I'm so glad that we got a God that, you know, that, that can rewrite resumes, man. And he can, you know, he didn't erase her history. Now, sometimes we think that I don't want God to erase what I was before, but I want him to use what I was before so that I can be a blessing to somebody else to show them where God brought me from. I believe that now her life could be a testimony. Say, look here, girl, you don't have to worry about where you are now. Stop crying about this situation. Yeah, you got a couple of babies out of wedlock. What you going to do about it? Are you going to rise to the occasion? Yeah, the dead beat in jail. You know, doing life and some change. What you going to do about it? You going to sit here and cry about it? Or you going to get up and make a difference in the life of your children and believe that God can take you from where you are and take you to a better, to a better place? Man, Rahab was so... So, 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 so entrenched into this story that even when the writer of Hebrews went and created the chapter 11, what we call the Hall of Fame of Faith, we used to call them heroes of faith, but because of Rahab and a couple of we got to put some sheep. We, we got to put some sheroes in there. Because everybody that was in this list were not all. There were some women that rose to the occasion and did what God needed them to do. And God said, you're not going to leave that name out of the record. And I'm going to with this. He said, look, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says this. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. 
It was by faith that Rahab and even the Hebrew writer still called her that. That narrative followed her. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that when you rise to the occasion, don't let your current circumstance or situation prevent you from stepping up and stepping out. Don't see yourself like you see, think people see you. See yourself like God. Acknowledge who he is in your life and what he has done in your life and that he is the true and living God. And I believe when you step out in faith and you accept the challenge to do something, I believe God will give you the power that you need to do something you may not have even went to school for. He will give you the insight, the wisdom, the knowledge that you need. And I'm not telling you to go, not go get the book learned from somewhere, but I'm trying to tell you, don't let your educational level be a barrier to you serving God. Don't let your subject and verb agreements keep you from talking for the Lord. I'm a living witness. You don't have to have your subject and verbs agreeing every time you open your mouth. And sometimes I lose the, use the wrong forms of pronouns and he nouns and she nouns and all that. But look here. I know what God has called me to do. And because I know that, it don't make no difference because I know who stands behind everything that I do. And because you know that, you got to say, I believe that I can rise to the occasion and I can make a difference in the life that God has given me to live. I'm not going to just live and exist. I'm going to make a difference. And God is not a respecter person. If your heart is right and you want to make a difference, God will open up a door for you to use whatever gift, whatever talent, whatever he has blessed you with. And it won't matter where you came from or what you did before you got here to Strider. All that matters is you want your heart, your heart is in the right place and you want to be used by a holy, holy God. So there's an opportunity right now for some of you online and some of you in the house to step up. Forget about what you think is opposition. Opposition is just there for you to step over. It's just taking you to a higher place, said the Lord. You got to stop looking at opposition as something to keep you from going where God wants you to go. You just step over. And sometimes you got to step on top of it and rise. Like that picture says, oh, Lord, don't let me fall. <laughs> oh, glory to your name, God. Oh, glory to your name, God. Oh, glory to your name, God. Hey. I'm talking about rising to the occasion. And every now and then, somebody got to come off the bench when somebody get in foul trouble. Somebody turn their ankle. They can't do it. Somebody got to got to rise to the occasion. Because God wants us to win this thing. And he wants us to win it with the team that we got. Somebody need to rise. I'm through freaking. Every head bowed, every eye closed.
Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will. Hallelujah. 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 I got several appeals. My first appeal is for salvation. If you're here today and you're not saved, you're online and you're not saved, I want to extend the invitation to you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In doing so, you'll be just like Rahab. He can take your mess and make it a miracle. He can take your life, turn it around, and he can do things with you you never thought he could do. All you got to do is trust him. You got to put your faith in him. And believe you too can rise to the occasion and be all that God wants you to be. So if that's you, please give us a call here at church, uh, 862-3899, area code 805. Or if you're in the house today, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Say, yes, I want to give my life to the Lord. Please raise your hand. My second appeal is for church membership. If you're here and you're looking for a church home, or if you're online, and you're looking for a church home. I ask that you please just raise your hand or you send us an instant message to let us know that you're saying, yes, Lord, I believe striving for perfection ministry is the place for me. Please raise your hand. If you're here, if you're online, give us a call. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Then my third appeal is for prayer. If you feel led to come up to the altar, but if, I want everybody to stand at your seat, if you will, because I believe that some of you are sitting on potential that God can use to further his kingdom here on earth. And I, and I want to pray and challenge you to rise to the occasion. Don't look for somebody else to do what God has placed in your heart to do. Don't sit by like we used to do in the, in the, in the military and say, well, you know, I ain't volunteering for nothing. Well, why are you going to put pastors through all that? Well, why are y'all going to do me like that? You say you love me. Why should I have to go home at night and look at pictures and say, can I get this one? Well, this one say yes. Shouldn't be that way. You ought to be coming and say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart today and I know that there's something I'm supposed to be doing to further his kingdom right here. I heard from him. All you need to do is confirm what God is already telling me, Pastor. I'm not coming to you for you to select me for everything I need to do. I'm coming to you to let you know what the Lord done spoke to my heart. Rise to the occasion. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word that has gone forth. God, we thank you for placing something on the inside of us that, will, that can rise up to meet the challenge of the day, to meet the circumstances, the situation that we are confronted with. God, we thank you in advance because we've always believed that whatever we need is in the house, is in the family, is in the body. And God, if we need something else, then you will provide it. But God, right now, I'm speaking to the hearts and minds of the people who are already a part of this team. I'm telling them right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that their days on the bench should be over. Their players that have been playing the game, Lord, for three quarters. And now it's time for some others to get off the bench to finish this game off. 
God, you already know who they are. And God, by your spirit, I know you're speaking to their hearts. And I just ask God that you equip them with the boldness that they need and the courage that they need to step up and do what they have been ordained to do. God, you have given them gifts and talents to the body so that the body can be strengthened. God, whatever the body needs, God, is already in the body. And so, God, right now, I just pray that you move on the hearts and minds of your people as only you can, God, because you are a spirit. And so I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I don't believe people listening today or here today just by accident. I think this is a divine moment in time, God. This is a Kairos moment. A time, God, where someone can be counted. Someone can make a difference. And God, I just pray in advance and I pray and thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Because I know that you're well able. And God, when it's all said and done, we thank you for each and every person on the sound of my voice, God. We thank you for those that are online. And God, whatever prayer concerns they may have of their own, I pray, God, that you will meet them where they are. Hear their cries. Answer their concerns. Let them know that you've not left them nor forsaken them. And that, God, you will continue to be with them wherever they go. You can bless them going out and bless them coming in. You can bless them in a city or even in the country. Wherever they are planted, God, you're capable of blessing them. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you will.